Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. Find it here every week on SEM Synergy. Join your host as we learn from the elite of search engine marketing pros and find the winning formula for exceptional search engine marketing. Get the latest news, trends, and analysis in SEO, PPC, branding, SEO design, and analytics. Now, welcome your host, a founding father of SEO and an accomplished search engine marketing scholar, the host of SEM Synergy, Bruce Clay. Welcome to SEM Synergy. I'm your host, Bruce Clay, and this is our weekly digital marketing podcast. I'm joined today by content and media manager, Virginia Nussie. SEO manager Rob Ramirez, social media editor Christy Kellogg, and director of training Mindy Weinstein. During today's show, we're going to be talking about content development and what it looks like for 2016. This is something everybody should pay attention to. Uh, We're also going to get into some best practices and recommendations, so you're going to want to have a pencil handy. Today we'll discuss the Accelerated Mobile Pages Project. Oh boy, that'll be a dispute. And a change Google recently made to Search Console. So we've got quite a bit planned for today. We do have a lot to talk about. And let's start with content. You read a lot right now because we are in January of 2016. A lot of content has been written about (laughs) SEO and how SEO looks in 2016. But there hasn't been as much talk, at least in my opinion, about content. Has that changed? Is that going to change over the year? And last week we had our SEO tool set training, and there were even more questions than normal that people are asking about content. You know, I know I need pages for my website, so we have to have pages if we're going to optimize. I mean, you actually need content there. But what should that content look like? And some of the other questions had to do with, okay, if I create a blog and I have an editorial calendar, how do I even come up with topics? How do I come up with ideas? And so I thought it was very timely since we are talking about the year. Let's talk about what is content going to look like and has it changed? So uh, we have a great team here to talk about it. A lot of us are in the trenches doing it. So I thought this would be the time to open up the discussion. So I'll even just open it up uh, with, will it change this year? I mean, I guess that's a good question to start with. There was a um, prediction in our predictions um, for 2016, and it was about this will be the year where we really focus on content that works, whatever that means. We've known, you know, content is king, but I think Dwayne was the one who had this great quotable, it's actually usefulness that's king. So shifting the focus of content for, you know, uh, keywords for relevance, but using this new concept of usefulness, helpfulness, and, and framing your content on that. Every, everything we make in, in the blog and like on social media, we've been trying to make it increasingly useful, like even more so than it's ever been. Like um, we were talking yesterday about our upcoming speaker series for SMX, and we wanted to dive deeper with the people we interview and maybe do less posts, but make them, you know, more tactic packed and include infographics and videos and devote more time to them. Right. And I'll just say one more thing because it stuck out to me about Will Reynolds presentation at PubCon last year, which was don't make more content, but make better content. And, you know, we all know what that means, but make your content go farther. So if you have a post, like for instance, our digital marketing calendar, conference calendar, 
If you have a post and it's worked in the past, keep it updated, add more visuals, um, add elements and features that like enrich it. If it's working for you, then it just make it a, a stronger piece. Don't, don't worry about making your weaknesses stronger, but make your strengths stronger. That's interesting. That's actually something very similar I heard from the LinkedIn marketing director at a conference in Bend, Oregon. And he was the keynote and that was what he was referring to is the same concept. And internally, so he's the one who works on their internal campaigns, said that you create the rock. That's how he referred to it. And he had all these pictures of like these giant rocks. You create your rock and that's your solid content. That could be an ebook because we know LinkedIn has a lot of ebooks. It could be a big report you write, but you picked a topic, just like you're saying, you pick something that you know works and you know is popular. You spend all that time and you research it. You create this great piece of content. Then once you have that rock, you do the spin-offs. Then you do your infographic. Then you do your blog posts. You can do multiple blog posts. You could also do videos and you should do videos. He even mentioned podcasts. And of course he threw in because of SlideShare and LinkedIn's connection there. He said, you know, make a PowerPoint about it too. And that was one thing I actually hadn't thought about. You know, if you're business to business, you know, maybe put that same concept into PowerPoint and put it on, on SlideShare. So th I thought that was really interesting because it goes with what you're saying. You know, if you know what's working for you and it's strong, it's going to take a long time. You should invest the time in actually creating that content and then create a whole slew of things from it. So I thought that was brilliant. That really stuck with me. I've actually been preaching that since then, <laughs> really. The digital marketing conference calendar blog post, that's a lot to say, it's evolved like um I'm just going to share like how something has practically evolved. So when it started, we just saw that there was no single place where all of the conferences for the year were listed. So we made a blog post and you could add it to your Google Calendar. So we had a calendar you could embed. Um, and that's how it started. And then we updated it the next year with the next conferences. And we kept adding more conferences. And then we made it prettier with a lot of better images. So it was more engaging. Now we have a list of every conference with links that you can go straight to it. And we're making a video to go with it for like other purposes. So it just keeps getting bigger and more conferences and it's like a never ending process, but it's more useful than ever. That's really interesting because that actually goes with another tip that we sometimes give is evergreen. You know, have a page like that where you have the great content and if it changes over time, you refresh that content. So you can have an evergreen page. It's going to have a lot of links. The posts like that's going to have a lot of links to it. And you continue to refresh it. So that's another great topic too. Our great tip is evergreen your pages too. I've, I've been, I mean, there's, there's a value in creating an inventory of your content so you can keep up on it, but it's a very difficult process making sure all your pages are up to date. And I guess you should probably just hire somebody like Bruce, who's going to email you links constantly, like, can you update <laughs> this so that you have, you know, a hawk on the, on the site that, I, I mean, that's, that's probably your best bet. Well, that's a good point. I mean, we have so, I mean, our site, how many pages do we have? We were just talking about that in training tens. I mean, we have a lot. Thousands, thousands of pages and 10,000 yeah. 10, is the number But we have a lot of anyone who's been on our website, you know, we have a lot of how to and it's very helpful information. We're big on knowledge transfer. Well, we have pages that talk about redirects because actually I just pulled that up recently and it was something we created a long time ago, but we updated. So, I mean, those like you're talking about it, it's hard, but you can even update the pages you already have too to keep it fresh. Some of our top performing blog posts are content that we've refreshed, which is awesome. Well, if you take a, a blog post that people have already liked and 
at a time when people are talking about that topic again, then you have a, a higher probability of being able to refresh it and get mileage out of it. The general view I've had is that it is not so much that you write a lot of content, but only the content that people care about. Mm -hmm. Usability is that people want to use it, not that you wrote it. <laughs> Writing things isn't usable unless people read it, right? So uh, you really kind of have to look at how Google is going to view usability. How do you measure usability on content? If nobody looks at it, it's not usable. Yeah, absolutely. And part of the reason uh, that we do content audits for our clients when they come to us, and one of the things that we find ourselves doing uh, more and more isn't adding content every time, but it's actually reducing the amount of content on sites. A lot of uh, clients that come to us have maybe written, um, spread themselves a little too thin and written about uh, keyword variations because they were trying to rank for a particular term or some variation of a term, devoted a whole page to it. And the content at the end of the day isn't very useful. It's just thin overall. Um, so, so pairing some of that back, especially when we dig down and look at the statistics that show that there is no organic search traffic going to this page, and there hasn't been for years. We know that Google doesn't favor the content. We know that um, getting rid of it is actually going to do nothing but improve the site. Um, so it's something that we go through the process of doing for all of our clients, and it's really becoming more and more important as we kind of try and hone the message and make the site overall more usable. Well, one of the things that is true about content is – People years ago would take all the synonyms uh, in the stemmed version of the word, singular, plural, past tense, future tense, whatever, and they would generate separate pages for each of those words, thinking that would actually help them rank. And what we're all going to see this year is that Google isn't going to rank them at all. We're going to see that this will be the year of... Uh, synonym consolidation, if you will, the, that we're going to see people actually writing for the audience instead of writing for the search engines. And, I mean, if you're writing for a search engine, yeah, you're going to create a whole bunch of pages and Google's going to probably just slap you silly. If you write for people, then you have a chance of surviving. Right. When you talk about all of the... Uh all of the discussion about the semantic web and, and uh, the things that Google's doing with like rank brain and their ability to identify uh, hummingbird, right? Their ability to identify things, not strings, right? Not a bunch of keywords connected uh, by a very thin line, but instead, what is the topic about? What's the theme uh, overall? Uh, it's much more important to be an expert on a theme than it is one particular keyword variation. Uh, and, it, yeah, definitely the writing's been on the wall for a while, right? Um, all of uh, the penalizations for through Panda, a lot of them had to do with spreading yourself too thin, writing content that really wasn't useful in any way. So Google's going out of their way to make sure that that gets corrected. That's great. And, you know, just because all those things are great for SEO and they're so important. And it's interesting because we're talking about content and then one thing's brought up is reduce your content that's not doing well and don't have those pages that are just there for SEO only for the search engines. But even just switching gears and thinking about content of this year and what you should be doing, you should invest very close to the same amount of time that you do creating content as promoting your content. 
So you need to have people find it. And if you do things the right way and you optimize it, it's going to rank well within you know, the search engines, but you also want them to find it through Facebook, through Twitter. You want to share it on Google+. Plus. You want to share it on LinkedIn. You want to share it all those different places. So when you create content and you're working on strategy, also at the same time create a complementary strategy on how am I going to promote this content? Because you want it to get out there. You want people to find it. And they find it, they think it's great, they might even link to it, which is good. If they're a quality site, then you got some value there, or they're just going to share it with their networks. And I think that's something that a lot of people go wrong too. They did create something great for their website, but then no one finds it. You want people to actually see it and find it, so you need to promote it too. That's just as important. I think you can add another layer on top of that too. Once you've established a piece of content that is great for your brand because it's like people are going to remember you because they saw that, then maybe think of how can I create a funnel based on this? And, and so it's not too late. Like we said, you can update content. Mm-hmm. So if content is, is sitting there and it's strong and has good rankings and it's getting constant traffic, maybe you can... Um, add calls to action or other ways to further engage with that customer and create a relationship with them. I think that's important too, because that's the other thing. You're going to invest all that time in creating the page. Let someone know what they're supposed to do after, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where your call to action is so important. So you need to have that. So what we're basically telling you is that content, you got SEO, you got marketing. I mean, that's not new, but hey, there's a reminder for you. They're not separate. They work together. That's a great reminder. Well, it's time for us to take a quick break, but there's a lot more to come. When we return, we will turn the conversation to accelerated mobile pages and an update Google recently made. More SEM Synergy coming up. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. 
You're listening to SEM Synergy on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. I'm Virginia Nussie. And have you heard of Google AMP? AMP stands for Accelerated Mobile Pages. Um, it's a, an initiative that Google has to put websites on this like back-end system where um, they have a limited HTML set that will make their pages really fast. Um, it was announced at PubCon um, in November or October, was that? And I was sitting there at this keynote with, um, it was, the topic was AdSense, and these two big Google bigwigs um, said, you know, we're here to talk about the ad serving platform AdSense, and we want you to make your websites in AMP so that they're really fast. And I think that the connection between AMP and AdSense is a pretty strong one, uh, as is often the case if we want to know what Google's motivation is, we just follow the dollar. And so, if if Google wants you know websites to have a good user experience, even though they're serving ads, they really need them to to load fast. So that's kind of the background on what AMP is. I mean, there's there's the big news coming out last week was that uh, there's a section in Google Search Console where you can view um, AMP reports. Um, I'm going to toss it to you, Rob. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's one of these things where, um, you know, whether you like it or not, AMP is going to be around because Google's going to push it, you know. Um, it's interesting that they added it to Search Console. I, I can't find a site that's using AMP right now. I mean, I, there are some publishers out there, I think, that are maybe starting to use the tagging and, and starting to go that route. But for them to add it to Search Console, it, to me, is just a play by Google to say, hey, you know, this is important. You should do this. They're trying to, you know, kind of force people down that path. It's all about speed, obviously, and them getting left out of kind of the mobile conversation. Facebook launched instant articles, and it's it's actually really fast. I mean, I don't know if you've actually, you know, content on Facebook loads really quickly because all of those pages are pre-rendered, basically, and, and you know, uh, you click, and it's there. And people are getting used to that experience. Uh, but Google obviously doesn't have control over that from the SERP, and it's very important for them to make sure that people are still using Google. Uh, so when this page leads to... When, when that click leads to a site that's incredibly slow and gives a bad user experience, it's almost like people are going to be uh, associate that with Google, right? Which is why they're, they're kind of going out of their way to really kind of shove this down our throat. Then Apple announces ad blocking, right? Their native ad blocking in, in, on their iPhones, which excludes AdSense and all of the things, you know, it, it sped up the internet as well on phones, but left Google kind of out in the cold. So this is kind of their response to that. You know, they need to throw their hat in this ring. They need mobile users to be using Google uh, and they need to give them a fast experience or they're going to lose the interest. But a fast experience doesn't always equate to usability or uh, a great experience. Um, yeah, of course, it should be fast. And I would think that there's a million ways to make sites faster other than strip them, strip them down. I mean, if you were to go out and buy a car, you could actually say you don't need power steering. It takes, you know, gas. Or you don't really want air conditioning because it takes gas. Or you really, you know... The concept of a convertible is a dumb idea because, you know, the wind resistance. <laughs> I, I don't think that is going to make it. 
I, I think that too many sites have become dependent upon the engagement objects that are being stripped out for AMP. Yep. And, it, you know, it's interesting. AMP is basically, like you're saying, Bruce, a stripped-down version of a page. You know, all JavaScript kind of excluded from being able to be used, other than the JavaScript that controls Google AdSense, of course, right? Because the Google's ads can still be on a page, no problem. And that's really what the solution is all about, Google making sure that their ads and they protect their dollars. Um, and we'll see how successful they are in actually shoving it down our throats. Because I mean, that's what's, this is where this is headed, right? For them to add it to Search Console and not release any kind of figures regarding what kind of how many people have actually adopted the protocol, right? That people were asking, okay, so how many people are on AMP? And I think it was John Mueller, somebody uh, higher up, uh, maybe even than that, had said, oh, we're not going to release those stats yet, but we like the direction that things are going in. You know, which if you have real engagement, you're going to release those figures, whatever they are. Like I said, I, I can't find app examples. It does make things faster because, yeah, you strip everything off. You know, the experience is going to be quicker. Um, it's just how far is Google willing to take it, right? I think Google is going to push it all the way up to the same level as Google+. Plus. <laughs> we know how that went, right? That so, you know, what, what's next is what, a SERP enhancement. We have the mobile-friendly SERP enhancement. So do we have an AMP SERP enhancement next, right, where things are labeled as AMP? And, and, and beyond that, do we, do we say that AMP uh, pages get a, a boost in rankings, right? Uh, because then people will take notice, right? It almost forces folks that uh, pay spend a lot of money to make sure that uh, they are at the top of search results organically and in paid the paid world. Uh, it makes them take notice if Google – well, it makes them take notice when Google adds it to Search Console. But take it a step further and officially announce the way they did with Mobile Friendly that you're going to get a ranking boost. Uh, and, yeah, people will start to line up to implement it. Well – I think that'll only happen until people realize their conversion rate drops to zero. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I go to a site that requires interaction and I can't run tracking on my phone numbers or I can't do a chat or I can't do anything that is personalized on that website because the scripts aren't going to be there or, you know, it's been stripped down to nothing. As soon as that happens, why would I spend time on this site when I can go to that site and get it? Right. I See, I don't see how removing things that are designed for usability is an advantage at a usability level. Google can't say this is the year of usability and then strip it out. Or they can, but I, I don't see how, you know, this is clearly diametrically opposed within what I think is supposed to be there. Right. And personally, I think that all the AMP sites are to be hit with some sort of panda penalty for being... Not usable. Not usable. <laughs> thin. The site's a little thin. The site's a little thin. I mean, yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and how... You know, the, the only other alternative I can see, and I can see Google going this route, because they're going this route with, with app development, right? They've said now that they are going to place app content in the cloud so that you don't have to install an app to actually look at these some of these internal pages. And Google's doing this without any kind of say from the people that develop those apps. You know, they're putting this stuff in the cloud. You can link directly to it and don't bother installing the app. We'll give it to you on our SERP. By the way, we're going to place ads all over the result as well, right? Um, so how long before they just start creating their own versions of web pages in, with AMP? 
right? Just go ahead and create their own HTML version. This is the version we're going to serve to mobile users because it gives them a faster experience and it's what we want to do and you can't stop us. And, uh, I mean, I could see that maybe. I, you know, they have the resources to be able to do it and they're probably the only company in the world that does, right? To be able to say, yeah, we'll, we'll create an alternate version of every page on the internet so that mobile users can have a better experience, a faster experience. Uh, at least that's the guise that they place this under. Um, but, you know, we'll see. It's interesting to say the least. Uh, it's it's interesting to see Google kind of scrambling to catch up to Facebook in this instance, right? Where where content being consumed on mobile devices by Facebook has a much better experience than you would if you just went to a SERP, search for a keyword, and then kind of rolled the dice clicking on a link, hoping that the, the, the site on the other end has their act together when it comes to mobile experience. Um, Facebook has it it's kind of uh, a better experience across the board because it's contained in their app, and that's something that Google doesn't have. No Facebook ad blockers yet either. Right. Well, Facebook, yeah, they get to include their ads and no other ads because you're in their app, right? Uh, and that's the thing that uh, Apple as well, they can put ad blocking software that's going to block AdSense in particular, but still include uh, their type of apps. So, uh, you know, this this AMP evolution that's kind of coming down the pipe here, it's, it's interesting to see whether people actually take notice and start to uh, use it. So you're not going to be making recommendations to clients? Like, is there a situation where you could see? You know, new sites, right? Large, large, large clients that publish a lot of news and that people are going to be consuming on a mobile device. Maybe it makes sense to strip down their pages to HTML so that we can serve content in a pre-renderable fashion where they click and it's there. That Absolutely makes sense. Absolutely. No ads. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that'll work. Yeah, so yeah, that's just it, right? If we do make that recommendation, that is their answer. What about all the money we're making from ads? You're telling us we can't have them on the page? Well, we can't tell them that. That's Maybe it's a conversation sense. about rendering the top of the fold with the, in under a second. And we, we start to do the things that we already do when it comes to making sure that sites are mobile friendly. Uh, and it doesn't have to do with uh, eliminating all the JavaScript on the page. It instead has to do with making sure that the experience for the user, when they land on the, on the site, they get what they expect right away. It takes less than a second. Um, that's probably more important to keeping them around. Well, interesting. In, in Google, I mean, they've said that they're going to integrate this in February. So, I mean, it's just around the corner. That's why um, one of the things I read. So, I mean, is it one of those then we're just going to wait and see what happens? I mean, shouldn't jump on the bandwagon with Google yet. Yeah, I'd love to see, you know, what, what the actual adoption rate is, mm -hmm. you know. You have no clue how many people are actually doing this at this point, even though Google's put it in Search Console, you know, which is which is remarkable to me. Like I said, <laughs> it's, it's a report that has no data, essentially. <laughs> um, and I'd be hard-pressed to find data, true data out there, right? I mean, there are some big publishers that Google partnered with initially to test it, and those examples exist but I can't find other ones what does it take to qualify as AMP it if it was just speed then a lot of people might qualify without being AMP. Yeah. so what is the requirement to be an AMP site it's like a limited subset of HTML and JavaScript right using the the 
the the HTML protocol, the language, the tags that are used. You know, I mean, there used to, there is a pre-rendered tab tag that's right. existed for a long time. Absolutely. Uh, um, but you know, the resources that it takes to actually pre-render something is whether the server is actually going to do that or not is 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 a question. Uh, so you have to be careful. But you know, yeah, I totally agree. It's if we get if we get to the end result, which is a fast, good experience for the user, does it matter if we use AMP or not, right? Uh, my site loads in milliseconds, and it's a great user experience, and I get to have all the bells and whistles that I want, and it gives a better experience across the board. Are you going to penalize me because I'm not using the protocol that you've designed that you're kind of pushing for? Well, if they're going to put fast on a search result page, the criterion ought to be speed. Yeah. Right, right. Not whether yep. you're doing yeah. something the way we want you to, the way Google <laughs> wants you to, yeah. and and I think you know, fine. So Apple's going with I, with blockers. If there's a AMP tag, why don't they just block AMP? You want to totally stop Google on a mobile device? <laughs> there you go. How about just like on Safari, if you try to go to Google, it's like, sorry, this page is not available. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how the AMP project plays out. We're out of time for today. Thanks for to Webmaster Radio, and thank you for listening. Please subscribe to the show to get new episodes delivered straight to you on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or your preferred podcast app. For more from the Bruce Clay team, visit bruceclay.com slash blog. See you next time on SEM Synergy. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.